Welcome to the Grit Daily Startup. I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk, and this is a podcast about what goes on behind the scenes at startups. The good, the bad, and the gritty. Let's dive in. Central. Decentral. Miami. Miami. Baritone. Baritone. Sexy. (laughs) And how do you get that? Oh, you just have to take a red eye flight that is two and a half hours delayed uh, and arrive here a couple hours ago, and you will sound like this. Okay, cool. (laughs) Uh, Jonathan is flying in from Seattle. That is correct. West, 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 west coast up to the tip, tip, bottom of the east coast. There you go. Yeah. And uh, so the probably one of the longest flights uh, to travel. Why did you come to Decentral, Jonathan? So I've known Justin Wu uh, since I got into crypto in 2017. Uh, he's actually from Seattle also. Uh, we've done a handful of events uh, together uh, or supported each other. And I, I just think he does a really good job. Him and his team do a really, really good job of putting on events, of talking to, uh, you know, bringing the right people in, having the right topics. Uh, you know, no shilling. It's, they just do such a good job. So anything I can do to support Decentral and Justin and his team, I'm, I'm always going to do it. And uh, before we get into your business, uh, when you look at the environment of people that you see here today, if you were to peg the kind of folks that you see here generally, who would those people be? You know, I think there's a really good... Uh, collection of people in the sense of, uh, you know, to, to bring our Web3 uh, lingo here, right? Uh, you know, you see some builders, lots of really good builders here. Uh, you see investors here. Uh, you see people who are, are, are marketers, uh, you know, growth folks. Uh, I think there's a really good combination. So th- that's one of the things I like about this event is I think often when you go to an event, it'll be only builders or only devs or only investors, where I think here there really is something for everybody uh, to get what they're looking for out of the event. Um, and, and so that, that's why I really enjoy, you know, coming, coming to Miami. And, and it also helps that it's a lot warmer here than it is in <laughs> Seattle right now. <laughs> yeah, so we'll see a lot of people from New York, right? In Boston yeah, and New exactly. Jersey. Um, NFT Mint. Yep, NIF Mint. NIF Mint. NIF Mint. Yep. NIF Mint. What is NIF Mint? Yeah, thank you for asking. Uh, so uh, what we do at Nifmint is we are NFT commerce infrastructure for brands. That's a fancy way of saying we allow and support brands to be able to mint, sell, and custody NFTs directly on their existing e-commerce platform while abstracting the cryptocurrency. So. No brand that works with us has to have their own crypto wallet. They don't have to have their own cryptocurrency. In fact, a lot of brands have mandates that they're not allowed to own crypto and, 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 and utilize it. They have to use a third party if they're going to go through that. I want to clarify, we are not a marketplace. We are not a white label. We are embedded software into their e-commerce platform. So most of e platforms, the ones that people are the most familiar with is Shopify, but Salesforce Commerce Cloud, Adobe, um, commerce, uh, big commerce, which is one of our great partners. These are brand, or sorry, these are e-com platforms that have massive brands. Fortune 100, or sorry, Fortune 100, 500, 1,000 brands. And so what we do is they each have their own independent marketplaces, like app stores, and we're just a one-click app, so that any one of those brands can click that and start creating NFTs with just a couple clicks. They don't need to know smart contracts. They don't need to know any of that. They can do it really quickly and easily. 
So, you know, one of the big challenges, and Irene, I'm going to drop it off to you pretty soon uh, because you like the blockchain stuff. But um, w one of the things that we've heard over and over again is that uh, blockchain as an infrastructure is pretty cool, but being able to use it is very difficult. Yeah. And what you're doing is making that, it doesn't matter. I mean, just one click and you've got your NFT minted. Yep, yep. But the question is, the big brands and the big companies that you're working with, are they minting and creating NFTs just because there's a lot of hype around NFTs? Or is there a real commercial reason for this? I'm so glad you asked this question. So our belief system is that the majority of NFT drops that brands have done is actually the incorrect way for them to offer NFTs to their customer base. So kind of going straight to your question, any brand that is doing a 10,000 drop, trying to emulate a board Ape or CryptoPunk type of meteoric rise, we believe is doing it wrong. Now, have there been brands that have done that and had some success? I think uh, Nike is a great example, but in, in reality, like they didn't really do it, Artifact did it, right? And then they acquired Artifact. Um, and now NFTs is a really big part of their overall strategy. But if you think about how uh, Nike is offering these NFTs, uh, it's, a, it's basically um, adjacent to their customer base and, and, and who they're offering this to. So I think Nike is doing a really good job. That being said, we don't see the majority of brands offering NFTs to their consumer bases the same way that we see this from um, you know, some of these projects that you see here. Because when you think about what an NFT really is, it's simply just a better JPEG. And all, people always get kind of weird out when I say that, but it's a programmable JPEG. So if the only benefit that we get from NFTs is the fact that now we have programmable content files, we actually see this as a win because now you have digital files or digital content that can't be replicated, right? So when brands offer products, physical goods, they don't want knockoffs. Why would they want knockoffs of digital goods? So if a brand is able to offer NFTs to their consumer base and uh, not think of them as NFTs, simply these are digital products, we see that as a win. We, see, we think that the brands that are gonna be the most successful with NFTs are gonna be the ones that don't call them NFTs, that simply offer digital experiences and digital products to their customer bases. Because we all buy products from the brands that we love because we love the brand. Give me an example of what a digital experience from Nike would look like. You, you, from from Nike, I think is is really interesting. Again, I, I think Nike's audience is very ad crypto adjacent, uh, meaning you know Nike is is uh, you know a, a youthful brand. That even though it's a brand that's you know fifty plus years old, it's um, you know it's it's a very youthful uh, brand. Um, when they offer, say, uh, you know, any one of their shoes, so sorry, let me take a step back. We see a world where basically anything that's physical has a digital equivalent to it. Think of it like a receipt, etc. Not that Nike's doing that yet. I, I see them doing that soon because even outside of the NFT context, when you get a pair of Jordans or you get a shoe drop, um, they actually give you like this really cool, uh, you know, 
PDF or PNG that says got them, you know, and, and a picture of the shoes, you know, so why not have that be an NFT, for example? But what they're doing, for example, with, um, you know, their Clonex and the, and, um, the, I can't remember what the shoes are off the top of my head, but the Crypto Kicks, et cetera, um, you know, that, that unlocks access to be able to get the physical pairs, that unlocks access to be able to get, yeah, you know, the, the physical uh, units as well when it comes to like the sweatshirts that they just released, for example. Starbucks is another example where they haven't quite done anything just yet publicly, but they've announced what they're going to be doing. They're going to be giving, about, giving away NFTs um, as a loyalty mechanism. So when a uh, customer purchases enough coffee, they might get an NFT. Uh, or when they, uh, you know, visit a particular location, they might get an NFT. That that was where I was going with my next question. I'm glad you. Br- I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here, here's the thing. I noticed from your bio, you are familiar with, experienced, and you mentioned Starbucks and you mentioned the loyalty program. And I want to tie NFTs, loyalty, and currency. I'll tie all of that together. If we look at the rewards programs that have been archaic, you flew here and had a two-hour delay. They gave us some extra points on United yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. How can we use that? How do we create an environment for NFTs to take over the loyalty rewards program? Yeah, I, I don't know that it necessarily means that it takes over, but definitely a complementary factor. Um, if you're a legacy brand or if you're a brand in general, uh, one of the most difficult things for you to do is to switch your POS system, to switch your e-commerce platform, to switch your payment network, to switch your loyalty network. You, you just don't want to do it because you're so invested in how that system, even if it's a pain, even if you hate it, you're just so invested. So we really think that NFTs can be integrated or be a part of loyalty, not necessarily replace loyalty, but be a part of loyalty. Maybe one day it replaces loyalty altogether. We don't see that at this immediate time, but definitely as, as a complement. And so again, in, in Starbucks's context or, or, or any company's context, if your customers love you and you want to reward them and thank them, you can give them a mug, you can give them a t-shirt, Hey, thank you for you know shopping here. Here's some perfume, or you can give them a digital equivalent. Here, here's a digital product. So you can give them a PNG. You can give them a JPEG, which then you and I could just copy and send them out to anybody you want. Or you can give them an NFT. Um, and again, the customer doesn't necessarily need to know that. And then when it comes to what does that unlock, that's simply a branding and marketing decision. Right. That's the marketer just gets to say like, hey, we want to make sure that anybody that has this NFT gets free coffee for a year or gets to go on a trip. Now, now that's strictly a marketing decision. From a tech perspective, it's just what I, one of the things I love to say, and I don't know how you get quoted in, in Google when you index, I'm just kidding, but is, is we're, we're basically at the point now in a lot of Web3 and crypto technology where that crypto tech is better than, than the incumbent tech. So for example, Bitcoin Lightning Network and payment infrastructure uh, is arguably, if, and, and it's actually even been said by some bankers, better than SWIFT. I believe that NFTs are better technology than JPEGs and PNGs. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm just really excited for what the future holds. And I, I think that the way the public understands NFTs today because of the hype cycle is just the minus, I'm sorry, the, the most minimum tip of the iceberg 
uh, to the potential of what we're working with. There is an area of NFTs that I'm really interested in how it's going to completely transform it, and that is ticketing. Yeah. Um, and I was wondering if you could speak a little bit to that. Yeah, ticketing is really interesting. So uh, uh, I, I'm glad that you brought that up because a lot of people talk about NFTs with like this notion of royalties and secondary market activity. And um, what my, my thought process on that is always don't introduce secondary market activity if it's not native to your brand. So meaning like if you sell, I don't know, um, uh, it, so Nike shoes do have a secondary market activity, but you know I don't think that K Swiss you know shoes have a secondary market activity. So don't introduce a secondary market if you're an NFT or sorry if you're K Swiss. The reason I, I bring all that context up is because in the ticketing market there is tremendous secondary market activity, right? Like you, if you, you if you're lucky enough to buy uh, tickets to Taylor Swift. Um, at the drop of the tickets, um, you know, you might get it for a couple hundred bucks. Other than that, you're paying thousands of dollars and Taylor Swift doesn't get to participate in any of that, for example. Um, just the ticket resellers do. So I, I think secondary markets or having royalties for, for tickets make a lot of sense. I don't think royalties make a lot of sense for a lot of physical products, personally. Um, because again, it's, it's how, how native is it to how you run your business. The other reason I think ticketing is really interesting from an NFT context is simply the evolution of the ticket stub. Yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I remember uh, my parents' friends, you know, we ha they had a friend that would always mention how they were at Woodstock. And no one ever believed that they were at Woodstock, right? But they always talk about being at Woodstock. Imagine having your, you know, your Woodstock NFT uh, for being there. Um, and then even just the most basic. So, hey, hey we're all at DecentralCon. Uh, why don't we just have a, um, you know, a, a memento NFT, uh, which by the way, we have an events NFT product that we do, which is more of a giveaway. Right. Um, and it's just simply like, Hey, like this is a memento a recollection. Is this NFT worth anything? Maybe, probably not though. And, uh, you know, but does this get to be part of something that lives in your wallet that you get to go back on and look at, um, and see what you've done, you've experienced? Uh, I, I think there's value in that. It doesn't have to be, how do I make money because I have this NFT? It's, you know, what is um, my personal value? How do I remember this? How do I enjoy this, et cetera? So the, the question is, I have to wonder, um, for a long time, we tried to find a reason to have an NFT. And then obviously if there's a reason to have an NFT, you attach some sort of revenue model to it. With the change in the environment, economic environment, NFTs and crypto that's happened over the last 12 months, which I think will continue for another six months, at least six to 12 months. Talk to us about the creation, and I think you touched on it, of the underlying technologies that have helped create NFTs move from the ordinary JPEG to the smart contracts, where there's real utility. And as you look at the development of that infrastructure, the coding infrastructure, what do you envision seeing over the next 24 months happening with, with that? Yeah, so you know, if we remember, so an NFT is a non-fungible token, right? So meaning one of, um, likely, um, you know, you wouldn't interchange it with something else as opposed to fungible being something that you interchange with. 
you know, I wasn't with the people who created the NFT standard, but I'd like to think when they created the NFT standard, they were like, oh my gosh, I have this problem that I want to create PFP avatars. And if I only created this token standard, I could create PFP avatars and sell them. <laughs> that wasn't the use case, right? It was, I need, hey, there needs to be something for a single token, not, uh, not you know, multiple uh, interchangeable tokens. Why that's important is because, as with a lot of technology or early technology, you can have like this hammer looking for nails context. And I think if we always look for how does tech make money, um, that's when you do that, right? Like, oh, how do I make money doing this? How do I make? How does this exact tech relate to this technology producing more revenue, more profit, etc.? Um, you know. In, in, in CPG or in um, you know, traditional retail, you have the notion of loss leaders and you have the notion of like blue sky and these sorts of things. So if we think of, you know, if we even think of NFTs simply as a loss leader, hey, like how does NFTs show that I am innovative? How does NFTs show that we are thinking in a crypto context? How does NFTs show that, you know, we care about just giving a, a simple gift to the user? Again, we see that as valuable. We see that as valuable um, overall. It, we don't think it has to be strictly that, you know, for an NFT to be successful, it has to have a resale market and have, you know, wash trading because frankly, a lot of that stuff is fake by the way, right? Um, so where I see NFTs going is they're gonna be boring. NFTs will be incredibly, incredibly boring and boring NFTs will rule the world. I believe that everything will be an NFT, everything will be tokenized. You as a consumer will not even realize it or care that it's an NFT. You will just simply see it as its digital equivalent, receipt, digital twin, um, and you will either want it or not want it uh, based off of your affinity to the experience, the brand, or whoever is issuing it uh, overall. So it just come, becomes like part of our subconscious, basically. It just be yeah, exactly. Just like how, you know, I mean, imagine if we still had to use command line interfaces to, you know, sure. operate inside of the web. Right, and, and, and we don't even think about that anymore. You know, we don't think about you know using hypertext transfer protocol ever when we use it, you know, hundred times a day by just entering domain names into, uh, you know, into the search bar. Um, I, I see it's very similar when it comes to how we think about uh, NFTs, and uh, I just think that in the next call it five or six years um, you know most people will be interacting with nfts every single day and just and never, not even know it and never know it so before we close out Jonathan, what, what would you like the audience to take away from this podcast name company name why should they, they should talk to you yeah and what a great podcast session it was with <laughs> this actually <laughs> has been a very lovely experience um, we do podcasting ourselves and uh, coordinating it can be a total pain and it was just really nice uh, the emails and the coordination and so I'm really thankful for that and this has been a really good experience overall so I wish you all success with what you're doing um, and uh, as far as uh, NIFME goes and what we really want people to know is you know, we want to be a, a trusted source of information for you in thinking about how to integrate Web3 uh, and NFTs into your brand, how you think about it from a commerce perspective. Because our belief system is, you know, for better or worse, and, and, and you know, I'm a crypto person as well, 
um, most of the information coming from the crypto world on how to operate Web3 for their brand is just bad advice. It's really, really bad advice. It, it shows people that have not worked with brands before. So you can't go to a brand and say, hey, multi-million dollar, billion dollar brand, you've been doing your business wrong. You need to decentralize it and democratize it and have a DAO and introduce all these weird mechanics that no one would ever do if you are a for-profit entity whose whole purpose is to maximize shareholder value. Like you wouldn't do it, right? And, and build your brand affinity. So we really understand how brands operate because we've been working with brands since 2009 before we were even in crypto. We've been in early tech with brands since 2014 and we've been working in crypto and brands since 2017. So our whole notion is do your business the way that you know how to do it. Let us just help you create a new brand product vertical that you can now offer uh, and make available and be an extension of how you already do. Because I can't tell you how to build a better Louis Vuitton. I can't tell sure. you how to build a better Gucci. But what I can do is give you the tool sets so that you can build a better Louis Vuitton, so that you can build a better Gucci, you know, doing what you know best uh, with, with brand and marketing. Thank you so much for that. And they'll look for you where? Uh, we are at niftmint.com. That's N-I-F-T. M-I-N-T dot com. Uh, that's us on social as well. And uh, I'm Jonathan G. Blanco. You can find me on Twitter at JG Product. And I thank you both so much for the time today. Perfect. Thank, thank you, so you. much. Thanks so much for tuning into this episode of Grit Daily Startup. If you haven't done so already, make sure you're subscribed to the show wherever you consume podcasts. This way you'll get updates as new episodes become available. This podcast is brought to you by GritDaily.com, the premier startup news hub. More information at GritDaily.com. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian Rusk. Until next time, friends. Grit Daily.